the music they make us listen to. I'm your host, Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hello. And today you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday, our mini episodes about tragedies that aren't really so mini, usually. <laughs> but they are on Tuesdays. So that's, so that's real. That's real. That's a fact. A little bit of housekeeping up front. If you're joining us and you're a new listener, welcome. Hi. We recommend, uh, as we always do, to go back and listen to some of our pre- previous episodes because a lot of times we'll do callbacks, not inside jokes. You won't be out on any jokes. But if you want like the full experience, we recommend you go back and start at the beginning because odds are some of the stuff we've talked about is going to come up again. That's right. We got a great website up and running with a shop, some pretty sweet merch in there. If you want to check it out, we have a print that we put together. We're sending out personalized disaster postcards. We even have some bonus content to go along with some of our episodes. Today's tragedy is brought to you by Lee. So I'm just going to hand it over right now to Lee. Hey, thanks, Peter. Hi, Hi, Lee. Hi, everyone. Uh, Tragedy Tuesday for me. So uh, I'll say this. Maybe this will be the last time I say it. I'm the music guy. And I love music. So all nice. my, my, my tragedies so yeah. far have been music-based. And awesome. Oh, thanks. Uh, this one is no different, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, today we're going to learn all about the Satanic Panic Ooh. and the PMRC. Nice. I don't know what that, that second part means, but I do know <laughs> what Satanic means. If you're old like me, it would ring some bells. And I it's think. just in time for the month of Halloween. Yeah. So, so perfect. Get your candy corn handy. Hail Satan. What? Probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. Here we go. Okay, so the satanic panic. Uh, that was a colloqui- colloquial term yep. given to the general public's widespread fear of the presence of satanic ritual abuse Ooh. in one's community or county or I'll just say state. Okay. Because I feel like this is a- Did you make it north? A, well, it's, it's very- <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 genuinely American. Okay, it's, I'm also gonna say I'm assuming that when you say a panic around satanic rituals, like justified and genuine. Oh, panic. absolutely, yeah, completely justified. As all panics are, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's why it's called a panic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when it's a reasonable concern, it's called a panic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's cool. not the satanic roundtable. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's something very strictly American about it. Maybe I'm a, a little biased, but uh, you know, well, well, let's see. All right. Uh, so the roots of the uh, of the of the so-called satanic panic can mm-hmm. be traced back to the early '70s. Okay. By the '80s, it was in full swing, uh, with a widespread belief within American evangelical Christianity yep. that a vast underground network of Satanists were pulling the strings. Of secular society. Okay. Okay. Still waiting for the made-up part, but go ahead. There's no made-up part. It's all <laughs> facts. I only deal in facts. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it's but it's kind of indicative of how things have changed. Right. Back then seems like more of an innocent time. Right. It's like, oh, they're worried that there's these satanic cults. Oh, yeah, right. Isn't yeah. that so cute and sad? Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, fast forward and now their scapegoats are based on their version of reality, but just basically, you know, people who exist, like, as, you know, immigrants and refugees or anyone who basically isn't strictly heterosexual. Yeah, right. So it kind of changes. Oh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) The globalization of concerns. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) So back then, their, their concerns were much more made up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um not that they're legitimate now. It's sure. just more harmful. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um thinking about the roots of it, uh one thing that comes to mind for me was mm. the Charles Manson. Right. And the Manson family. Yeah, right. It's kind of cherry picking a little bit, but I feel like the crimes that he and his so-called family carried out really shook America to its core. Right. And they had that like ritualistic bent to it. Yeah, them, exactly. Right? There was definitely like, well, they tried to play that up. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. And the fact that the, the crimes of this nature could be carried out seemingly at random yeah. and with such brutality was sort of unheard of at the time. I mean, certainly you had murder right. before yeah. then. But this was kind of a thing where on the one hand, it was in tandem with like the hippie thing that was happening. Yeah. Um, Carried out by these kids who were, some of them at least, overachievers. Right. So that's a little bit, I would think, unprecedented. Not to mention the fact that not too many 
murderers or criminals like Manson ended up on multiple magazine covers. Right. Life. Yeah. Rolling Stone in a right. way that's like, well, do you love this guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I guess that is like the first high profile or maybe one of the first high profile instances of cult leaders corrupting yeah, youths. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. I could totally see how, you know, the, maybe this is too stereotypical, but you think of the stereotypical 50s, 60s parent right. confronted with the idea that someone like Manson could come along and steal their overachieving kid. Exactly. Scared the shit Scared out of the shit them. out of everybody. Okay. So that's, that's 69. Yeah. Kind of a weird year, like we've talked right. about before. Like same year you had Woodstock. Yep. You had Altamont. Right. And then the same year you had the moon landing. Yeah. You've got Helter Skelter. Yeah. Not that those are flip sides of the coin, but you know, sure, it's, but you have it's like a lot well, going you know, on, you know? In their own different ways, they're both kind of pinnacles of human achievement. <laughs> <laughs> no? Hot take? I'm glad you were here to put a good put a point on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was sort of hard to find like specific instances of you know how what what really set the satanic panic off. But I, right. I came across one book okay. that was published in 1972. Okay, it's called The Satan Seller. Okay. Like buyer seller. I got you. Not a basement. Oh, okay. That's actually the first thing that I thought of. <laughs> right, cause... right. So the Satan seller. Yes. Yeah. Uh, written, written by Mike Warnke. Okay. Uh, he's an American Christian evangelist. Oh, okay. And in it, he describes his indoctrination into Satanism hmm. while he's in his early 20s. Okay. And the book includes details of Warnke's participation in orgies. Alcoholism and dealing drugs. Right. His rise in the ranks to the level of high priest. Okay. Presiding over satanic rituals, including magic spells, summoning demons, mm -hmm. ritual sex, including ritual kidnap and rape, uh -huh. et cetera, et cetera. And uh, ultimately, it, it details how he eventually found Jesus and became an evangelist. So... Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> lot this of, comes out. A lot of, lot of questions, but go, okay. I'm sure it begged a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. Be that as it may. Yep. In fewer than three months, the Satan seller became a religious bestseller, launching Warnke into a, into a bit of a stardom within evangelical circles. Okay. So he would be a key figure in spawning this idea of, uh, at least within religious circles at first. Okay. That, you know... Satan was not necessarily just something from religious texts. It might actually have it like might worshipers. in your backyard. Okay, okay. So this is like pre-panic. Pre this is kind of like the first rumblings. The idea sort of germinating, I would okay. think, based on that. So this was someone who was kind of looking to maybe get some new Christians by telling his story of... Could be. I was tempted by Satan, exactly. but I made it out. Made it out. And now he's doing book tours and he's going around on right. talk shows and, yeah. you know, spread, spreading the word. Sure. No ulterior motives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Catch you. So, you know, the idea is, is, is you know, it's cooking. Mm -hmm. It's cooking up. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, horror movies are uh, kind of upping the ante themselves. Right. So, um, you know, horror movies, as soon as movies became a thing, they were yeah. horror movies. You had yeah. Nosferatu and silent movie and the 30s and 40s Frankenstein and yep. the werewolf uh, by the 70s uh, the occult yep. and the devil were playing a huge role or even uh, 1968 yeah. Rosemary's Baby I was I was hoping you'd say that because I watched that first, I, I watched that for the first time like a month ago oh nice so good it's pretty great holy crap I rewatched it this year right yeah I fully expected it is I, I, I watched it as one of those movies I didn't expect not to like it, right? But I thought, you know, it's the '60s. They didn't know how to make yeah, movies. Really I guess had, I'll, yeah. I should watch this because everyone says it's a good movie. Yeah, it's really friggin' it's good, really and it good. holds up. Yeah, I feel hard. like it has one foot in the sort of '50s, early '60s style yeah, right. of movie making, yeah. like very dramatic, and then another foot in the future, like yeah, getting to that darker man and everybody after i watched it everybody when they first saw hereditary everybody's talking about it's the next exorcist and i, I guess i bought into that too because the yeah. exorcist was the last time that i was like scared senseless by mm -hmm. a movie. but then i saw rosemary's baby and i was like no nah, man rosemary's baby straight line to hereditary pretty much yeah okay i never thought, I thought that. yeah 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 it's all about something. uh you know spoilers <laughs> summoning 
a demon and you have all these like weird charm that like thing that she wears the necklace yeah and this like secret cult she's the vessel and it's basically the vessel you know yeah very culty I love that movie. Sorry, that was a bit of a sidebar, but I just got you excited. Know I was because come on, you came and you got excited. I got well, excited. I'm happy, I get, I'm happy I get to pumped. do that for I you. Get pumped. <laughs> so yeah, Rosemary's Baby, directed yep. by Roman Polanski. Indeed, uh, connection uh, to connection to Manson. Yeah. Right there. Uh, hey, you mentioned The Exorcist. I did. That's another one. 1973. Oh, yeah. 73. Uh, William Freakin did that. Same year you had uh, The Wicker Man. Oh yeah, I never saw that one. By Robin Hardy. That's a uh, very culty. Uh, yeah, it's about uh, straight line to yeah, human sacrifice. Midsummer. <laughs> it was, is quite midsummer, actually. That's, when was Ari Aster born? <laughs> <laughs> At the right time. Yeah. Uh, 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Brutal, brutal all, violence. All these are like family cult horror movies. Oh, big time. Yeah. And uh, of course, 1976, you had The Omen. Oh, yeah. Demon possession of a child. Mm-hmm. So, no shortage of Satan, death cults, and fear right. in the cinema. You got you got the ingredients here. The for, ingredients uh, are all there. Yeah, which brings us to my favorite yeah. thing: the musical side. Of course. So the cause of all conflict in our lives. <laughs> if you listen to some good and bad, <laughs> the good conflict. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the seeds of heavy metal, mm-hmm. which would be almost exclusively the soundtrack to right. the Satanic Panic, yeah. uh, were being planted around the end of the sixties. Okay. Now, John Lennon, he claimed that the Beatles' Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. was the first heavy metal song. Okay. I personally don't hear that. But I, I, yeah, sorry. I don't mean to, sorry. No, no. Say it. Don't I've already it. jumped in here. I've already derailed your train. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. But it's I do remember, I mentioned okay. it before in the biography written by the producer of the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Jeff How, Emmerich. Jeff Emmerich. Ugh, I don't know why I can book. never remember his name, but I love mm-hmm. that book. I read mm-hmm. the shit out of it. Anyway. Good book. He talked about how the Beatles, I'm sure some people were experimenting with it, but how they really sort of mastered the overdriven sound. Yeah. Which is probably, there's probably a line to be drawn between that and then metal musicians being like, hey, let's use that for something a little harder. I think they came across feedback by accident. Like they left their guitar leaning against an amp and then it went nuts. Yeah. But I think, I I actually heard one of the first um, instances of uh, distorted guitar was the Kinks. Had okay. like, I don't remember if it was by mistake or on mm-hmm. purpose, but uh, one of them had poked holes in their speaker. Okay. And yeah. liked the way it sounded. Okay. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, go ahead, listen to this new sound. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So Tickets are Ride, not the first metal song. I don't think. Sure. John Lennon thinks so. I personally don't hear it, but I think they did eventually come up with one of the first examples a couple years later mm-hmm. with Helter Skelter. Yeah, right. 1968 okay. White Album. <laughs> Although... You could argue, I would argue, that yep. uh, Jimi Hendrix beat them to it a year prior okay. with Foxy Lady okay. and Purple Haze. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely the seeds are being planted yep. along with The Who, yep. The Kinks, mm-hmm. which talked about Blue mm-hmm. Cheer, yep. uh, Led Zeppelin, of course. Right. So a lot of seeds. Personally, I think all those bands were a bit of a prologue yep. leading up to the definitive example of the band who are truly the first heavy metal band. Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, look no further than the opening track on their first album, uh, that that being Black Sabbath. Right. By by the band Black Sabbath. Oh, okay. From the album Black Sabbath. Oh, okay, good. Well, they- I love that. Marketing's on point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it starts with this creepy soundtrack of rain falling. You hear church bells. Mm And then it comes crashing in with um, what's called a tritone. Okay. Which is for the music nerds out there, mm-hmm. it's the root, the octave, and then a note in the middle, which is a diminished fifth, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's very evil sounding. Right, right. Very dissonant. Cool. Uh, so evil, in fact, that during certain medieval periods, it was outlawed. Oh, okay. Within you know, your compositions, oh. you would be seen as a blasphemer. Interesting. Um, that's pretty which awesome. probably you would just be like don't do that they wouldn't burn you alive or you know right well you never <laughs> put you, never you know. in put you in jail you never know I've been doing a lot of reading about 14th century Europe for some upcoming episodes yeah. You, oh, get, yeah. you get you get burned for some stuff oh I was joking they totally would it totally yeah ended, ended your life over <laughs> that because you were the devil incarnate yep but even even before you hear a note of this thing you just look at the album cover it's super creepy and evil it's kind yep. of witchy person open the gatefold 
upside down cross staring you in the face. Nice. They're not being subtle. Right. I also don't think they were being serious. All shock sure. value. Oh, totally. I, uh, the story is, you know, they, they, they saw what horror movies were doing to people scaring yeah. them, like, let's do it with music. Yeah, that's, and I'm sure we'll get into this in a future episode, but same kind of thing happens with black metal later on. Oh, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start off with a band like Venom, who is clearly not taking themselves seriously. I'm going to talk about them in about two minutes. Okay. <laughs> I should I'm shut my you, mouth. No, I'm glad you brought <laughs> okay, that good, up. Okay, good, good, Because you're on the right track. <laughs> All right. You know, you say Black Sabbath are the first. There's probably someone listening right now just yeah. screaming yeah. at their device. It was not. Yeah, you got you to gotta plant the flag somewhere. Exactly. Right? I mean, they, they if they weren't the first, yeah. um, and it's funny because there was a band called Coven around this, like put an okay. album out the exact same year, yeah. and the first song on their album is called Black Sabbath. <laughs> And every song title is evil, okay. but they sound nothing like, they sound oh. like this weird folk band. Right. I hate like, it when they do that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. That's not evil. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they weren't the first, they were the first to do it successfully sure. and sort of make a name for themselves. Right. It's, so the other bands, like you did it wrong. Even if, cause we don't know who you are. Even if you don't like metal, you know, Black Sabbath. <laughs> you know who Sabbath are, you know who Hey, Ozzy you like, is. you like the movie Iron Man? You know, Black Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They're ubiquitous. Yep. More and more bands start following suit. Yeah. Uh, Deep Purple, Judas Priest, mm -hmm. Alice Cooper, of course, right. one of the original shock rockers. Yep. Uh, and then eventually you had Iron Maiden, Motorhead, Def Leppard. Yeah. Alongside that, you have this whole punk rock thing happening. Right. Uh, really nothing to do with Satan or mm -hmm. the occult per se, but more of tapping into this whole like disenfranchised youth. Right. And kind of giving a direct outlet to that frustration like feeling you're an outcast yeah and certainly heavy metal i mean most of it is not dealing with satan i mean sure. it would be more accurate to say in general it's either going to be about uh sex right or some form of rebellion right with maybe a little like some violent right overtones so while punk and metal were kind of at odds, they definitely had that in common. Yep. By the beginning of the 80s, metal and punk were both fairly new, yep. but fairly well-established forms of music. Mm -hmm. Parents undoubtedly hated them both. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and This if, isn't like Frank Sinatra. Well, yeah. Well, even like the- <laughs> I don't the know ex why my parents sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah. even if, if, if the cool parents, who yeah. are the once cool parents, like right. the ex-hippies, like you go back 10, 15 years, their yeah. form of rebellion was right. sort of peace and love. And right. Rejecting the ideas of war and materialism in favor of- Right. Coming together and understanding and- Now the rebellion is pretty like overtly violent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least the imagery is. The pendulum, as it does, swings back- Mm -hmm. equally the other way. Mm -hmm. So rather than peace and love, you've got, I don't care about that. I'm going to scare the living shit out of you. <laughs> That's my rebellion. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. You were talking about Venom. I was. Early 80s. Yep. Uh, yeah. They were a British band. Uh, I think they would easily be one of the first to be super overt yep. of their inclusion of satanic imagery and okay. lyrics. Yep. They made Sabbath look like, you know. Right. Perry Como. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nothing close to subtle. Song titles like, Sons of Satan, Welcome to Hell, In League with Satan, right. Leave Me in Hell, The Seven Gates of Hell. What are you trying to say, To hell Venom? and back. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in particular. Yeah. So they weren't just, like, Sabbath would sort of mention Satan in, I yeah. think, two songs, like, right. as a reference. They These guys were, like, in league with Satan. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully nobody took that seriously and burned churches because of it. <laughs> no? No? Nah. That happened? That would be crazy. Okay. But again, specifically all for shock value. Yeah. Pretty effective. You have bands like Celtic Frost, Bathory, and Merciful Fate sort of continuing this. Yeah. Those bands would go on to influence the sort of bands that would become the bigger bands yeah. of the genre, namely uh, Iron Maiden, Motley Crue. Right. Even Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax sort of dipped right. their toes into the... The occult thing. Yep. Of course, Slayer were basically uh, the chairmans of the board. Yeah, pick, pick an album cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so where you had Venom were just, they were more specific and like every song was, I say yeah. but they were yeah. so schlocky. Right, right, right. It was kind of 
impossible to take too seriously. Where Slayer, not that they're not schlocky, but no, I I I was scared when I first heard Slayer. I gotta say, as you know, two years ago now, I decided to do a deep dive into black metal because yeah. I realized that it, a lot of the music that I listened to, like at the time, one of my favorite bands was Def Heaven, and I kept right. hearing about black metal influence. Yeah, 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 didn't know what that meant, so I decided yeah. to do a deep dive. Went all the way back to the beginnings, and everybody keeps pointing to Venom. Right. So I listened to Venom, and I was like. This is what everyone's yeah. talking about. But this then is... I went on to like mayhem and all the Norwegian yeah, stuff, yeah. and then you see the lines being drawn to Slayer, and yeah, you get a you get a song like Slayer telling me they're gonna rip my fucking face off. <laughs> and it's like I don't think you're joking. Yeah, no, Venom Venom really... was joking, but I feel like I don't want to meet the guys in Slayer. No, <laughs> they're very nice guys. But listening well, to the music <laughs> scares you. Well, that's it. Like my yeah. yeah, when I heard the music, I was scared. When I saw a picture of them in like hockey jerseys yeah, and yeah. drinking beer, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. Seeing the band came a lot after getting into Slayer for me. Yeah. So the same, 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 same thing happened. I saw a picture, I'm like, oh, oh I want to go to a barbecue with nice these guys. guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You listen to the music though, and it's like, you're gonna kill me. Yeah. That is Another level. Yeah. So, yeah. And sidebar. <laughs> and sidebar. <I> like, <laughs> so, okay. So, you have this period of time, uh, early to mid-80s, yeah. where more and more the idea of the nuclear family was dissolving. Lots of families, at this point, they saw both parents mm-hmm. having careers. Yeah. Uh, divorce was also far more prevalent. Right. This was probably the era that gave rise to the latchkey kids okay, concept. Yeah. I certainly was one. Sure. Uh, by the time I got to grade four, I was just coming home, right. letting myself in, and I <laughs> even have my school picture from that year. Yeah. Because my parents put a key around <laughs> oh, a string. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was so proud. <laughs> key around a string around my neck. Nice. <laughs> nice. What a goober. <laughs> um, so basically, you come home from school, let yourself in, mm-hmm. left your own devices for, you know, a couple hours at a time. Right. So Might you as couple- well summon Satan. Hey, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and bored. Yeah. So yeah, you couple that with this very subversive forms of entertainment. <clears throat> and uh, so far, we've, we've talked, well, I've talked. Yep. Exclusively about metal, but of right. course, it wasn't just that. Uh, pop music itself had become quite risque. Right. At that point, because yeah, again, the ante is always upped. Yep. You know, yep. Everything gets more extreme yep. uh, with the likes of the Madonna and Prince mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. have you. Yep. So it was a very evil, sexy time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a material world. It, it, and yeah. she's just living in it. Living in it. Yeah. That's right. So you had all these elements in place for a prevailing sort of a paranoia. Yeah, right. Like, where are my kids? Yeah. And what the hell are they doing? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Satan wasn't really seen as the direct threat. I don't think anyone was worried about yeah, confronting right. the devil. Yeah. Uh, it was more worried about deluded people carrying things out in Satan's name or right. the devil's name. Gotcha. So in particular, you had sort of two prevailing theories on that. One yep. would be more conspiracy motivated. Yep. People in positions of power and influence being the perpetrators. I see. Which is sort of carried over to this day. You hear about that kind of thing all the sure. time. You're talking about like playing records backwards kind of thing? Intentional uh, for example, messaging? Or, or? Yeah, backmasking for yeah. sure. Or even like just senators or like, oh, okay. you know, people who have a lot of influence and pull. Right, yeah. Being, you know, having ulterior motives. Right, right. Um, or on the other hand, many believe these self-styled Satanists were simply teenagers influencing and pressuring their kids. Okay. You know. Sure. The weird kid at school. Yeah, right. So... Nobody can smell the general public's collective unrest quite like the news media. Uh So taking advantage of this growing obsession with the occult tabloid newspapers and tabloid television, Mm -hmm. which was another kind of advent in the 80s, uh, stoked the flames with reports of razor blades and Halloween candy, (laughs) backwards messages on albums, Mm -hmm. and possession by Ouija boards and rather spirited sessions of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is really in the crosshairs. One of these the, things uh, is not like the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was seen as like this recruiting We're being taken tool. over by maniacs putting razor blades in apples and nerds locked in their basements <laughs> filling seats with farts. <laughs> it might be Satan. It might be a yeah, uh, level might. eight mage yeah. with... <laughs> I don't know the words to say. <laughs> might, might be Satan. It might be Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> stinky, so I just stinky elf. That's just 
these sad kids who you should feel yeah. happy they have each other. To... But <laughs> I guess flash forward 10, 15 years and then it's video games. Right? There you go. Yeah. Which is the root of all evil. Yeah. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but sure. just talking about tabloid TV in 1988. Geraldo Rivera did yep. an episode of Geraldo, mm. the show Geraldo, mm-hmm. by the guy Geraldo. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, about Satanism, okay. which included footage of an interview he conducted with Charles Manson okay. uh, in, in prison. You can see that on YouTube. Geraldo did the interview? Geraldo did the, yeah, he's wow. such a jerk. Okay. I mean, you can be a jerk. Just, it's okay to be a jerk, Charles Manson, but he's just like, sure. Going. He's just trying to wheedle all this stuff out of me. Yeah. Like, oh, you're such a loser. It's like, Charlie, I think you're slime. Like, okay. Yeah. You, that's the that's interesting uh, <laughs> interview tack there. Yeah, right. He had uh, arrest footages of uh, David Berkowitz, okay. son of Sam, mm-hmm. and uh, Richard Ramirez, yep. the Night Stalker. Right. Uh, interviews with Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. uh, King Diamond of the band Merciful Fate, who is an avowed Levian yeah. Satanist. Yeah. So maybe one of the only guys who's like, yes, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, interviews with various heavy metal concert goers and a death row interview with murderer Sean Sellers. Okay. Uh, at the time, it was the most widely viewed documentary aired on NBC, mm-hmm. despite other media outlets calling it sensational and panning NBC for airing it. What year was this? That was 88. 88. So I jumped okay. ahead a little bit. So like, we're, we're like, we're like 20 years before true crime podcasts. So I feel oh, like hell yeah. if we had true crime podcasts, <laughs> these people would have had an outlet. Yeah. Instead, they got this documentary this was the that only outlet. scared this... the bejesus out yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. Because there was nothing else. Yeah. So, you know, they controlled the uh, content yeah. that was handled. Yeah. So going back to 1985, yeah. uh, you know, no American suburb was devoid of the Dark Lord sure. as far as, you know, people were concerned. Right, right. And one of these people was Tipper Gore. Okay. Who's that? Well, mm-hmm. Mary Elizabeth Tipper Gore yeah. is an American social issues advocate okay. and former second lady of the United States during Clinton's two terms. Right. Okay. So she's the, I think, ex-wife of Al Gore. Okay. Tipper Gore started the Congressional Wives Task Force mm-hmm. shortly after her then-husband's being elected to the United States House of Representatives. Right. The group's focus was to examine and write about the social issues of the day. Yeah. Homelessness being a major focus. Okay, good. So in 84, yeah. uh, Tipper Gore began volunteering in homeless shelters. Mm-hmm. That same year, she formed a group called Families for the Homeless to raise funds and awareness for the issue. Okay. Nice. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so far so good. So far so good. Homeless, important issue. Very, very cool. Come 1985, Tipper Gore's focus was shifted just a little bit. Okay. She along with three others. Yeah. They're known as the Washington Wives. Okay. <laughs> they co-founded the Parents Music Resource Center. Okay. PMRC. I don't, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> okay. I can't imagine why. <laughs> and one of the, one of her co-founders was Susan Baker, wife yeah. of then United States Secretary of the Treasury, James Baker. And reportedly she was inspired to form this group because Baker's then 11-year-old yeah. daughter, she either heard her playing the song Darling Nikki by okay. Prince or she was singing the song. Okay. Pretty raunchy song. Sure. I don't know if you know it, but uh I am no it's a Prince song. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I am aware raunchy. of the aura that surrounds You're aware Prince. of his work. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm aware of his work. <laughs> <laughs> so something needed to be done. Uh-huh. As far as she was concerned. So the stated goal of the PMRC was to increase parental control over the access of children to music deemed to have violent, drug-related, or sexual themes via labeling albums with parental advisory stickers. Okay. Mm. Well, I guess... <sighs> Big I mean, sigh from the now parent. Well, yeah, like, it's... Uh, so far, I don't see anything overtly wrong. Mm-mm. I, I agree with movie ratings. Well, so. of course. Okay. At its core, there's nothing really wrong with that. Like, like I don't, I don't think I'm necessarily going to shield my son from music with swearing in it, but I'm going to teach him not to swear. But it's good to have that sticker on the album that says explicit. Of course, and you whatever. know that he's going to start swearing no matter sure. what. Like just teaching him just the context. Of his friends, yeah, like, don't exactly. Say that at a dinner <laughs> or something. I don't know. You know exactly, and I think I'll get into that yeah, a little sure. bit. Yeah, yeah, I think, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but anyway, my own sort of story about that. All that to say, a, also a dad. So far, okay, Tipper Gore, so far, like, okay, taking on an issue, maybe that yeah, hasn't yeah, been yeah, addressed yeah. yet. Right. I'm assuming it's not going to get any worse. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't. But. This is a disaster. So their initiatives from the outset included 
compiling a list of songs they deemed the Filthy 15. Getting worse. Which, <laughs> which I'm assuming were the songs the PMRC considered to be like, I don't know if it was just the worst they could find. Right. Or if they were the worst of the most popular. Okay. Or did they just simply represent a comprehensive cross-section of filth and sinning? Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Says Dipper. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty funny list. Yeah. So you've got some dead obvious choices. Okay. You know, Ben Wasp. Uh, this no. is a heavy metal man okay, called sure. Wasp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their song was Animal, brackets, Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs> And yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah kind I remember of. the album cover was just the lower half of a man's torso yeah. with a saw blade cod piece. Oh my god! I mean, that's really lame. Sure, <laughs> if you are, if you do feel like you need to put together a list of the top fifteen raunchiest songs, yeah, that probably deserves to be on there. If you want to bust on something, bust on that. Sure. So they they uh, put that song on there. Okay, for sex, language, and violence. Oh. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Venom made the cut. Yep. With Possessed. Of course. For mentioning the occult. Yep. As well as. Really, they didn't. Sorry. They didn't, Venom didn't make the list with every one of their I songs. I know. Oh, there's a few of those. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, and Merciful Fate was on there with Into the Coven. Yeah. Uh, Motley Crue's Bastard for Violence. Okay. Some Motley Crue deep cut. Sure. <clears throat> uh, Darling Nikki by Prince, of course. Yeah, the okay. one that started it all. Mm -hmm. Sheena Easton and Cyndi Lauper in there. Okay. <laughs> and Madonna for Dress You Up. Not, not like a virgin. Any of her, yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe keep an eye on our social media because I think I'm going to put together a Spotify playlist of these 15 songs. Oh, yeah. Please do. Because <laughs> I kind of want to listen to them. It sounds like an I did awesome- a, some listening. It's going to be an awesome Yeah, there's even stuff I've never heard of, which I I didn't write down and I can't remember what okay. it is. Yeah, we're going to yeah, put together a list of the time. and share it and keep an eye out for that because I want to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, uh, Twisted Sisters, We're Not Going to Take It. Yeah, you know, it's on. <laughs> Which again is for apparently having themes of violence. Right. Which is, this, which is sorry, funny. This list smacks of like, they just got together and started like shouting names up. I heard yeah. this, I heard this I bad heard song. I heard this horrible song yeah. the other day. Put it on the list. So we're going to fight you. <laughs> Meanwhile, they have, song, they have a song called Burn in Hell. <laughs> Oops, missed that one. Uh, so okay. other yep. than this list, they had some other suggestions. Okay. One was uh, suggesting to the Recording Industry yep. Association of America, uh -huh. or the RIAA, mm -hmm. that they develop a labeling system based on a rating system mm -hmm. similar to the film rating system. Okay. Like you mentioned. Right. Developed by the Motion Picture Association of America. Okay. I don't know how that would work. No, I don't <laughs> like know either. this album's rated R. But this one's PG. Yeah. So listen to it with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just, that would just like, I feel like that would trigger, that would trigger the invention of Napster. Oh, yeah. Single-handedly. <laughs> because it's <laughs> like, quick. all I want is the R-rated ones. Exactly. I'm not going to, I'm exactly. not interested in listening to the Little exactly. Mermaid anymore. <laughs> yeah, just give me the filth. Yeah. That's all I want. That'd be like, a, the, if, if I was walking to a record store when I was 13, I would look for specifically the R ones. Mm -hmm. So that would backfire. Instantly. Well, you wouldn't see them. Oh. You know what? Well, I'm, why? Well, I'll tell you why. Additional suggestions included yeah. printing warnings and lyrics on album covers. Okay. Forcing record stores to put albums with explicit covers under the counters, like is this, cigarettes and is, dirty porn. Is this fire? We're not selling firearms. <laughs> <We're> so <laughs> Pressuring television stations not to broadcast explicit songs or videos. <laughs> and this one's my favorite. Yeah. Quote, reassessing the contracts of musicians who performed violently or sexually in concert. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does that to, mean like we've recessed your contract? You've, <laughs> it's null and void. <laughs> right. Reass more like, yeah, sorry, too many people are coming to see your show. Yeah. You're making us too much money. You're making us way too so, much money. So this lady said that we can't do that. Yeah, no. So hit the bricks, pal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like mm. if anything, those contracts are getting reassessed yeah. upwards. <laughs> We're giving you another 200K. <laughs> yeah. Buy more blood. Yep. I wonder how much blood $200,000 would buy you. Oh, man. So much blood. Like that part in The Shining. Yeah. <sighs> you, it sounds like you're speaking from experience. No, I'm not. What's next? August 1985. 19 record companies agreed to put parental guidance, explicit lyrics, labels on albums to warn consumers of explicit okay. lyrical content. Sweet. Is that where those come from? Yeah. Like that black and white explicit. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. And this okay. is the, uh, the roots of it. And I guess yeah. that's as really as far as you can take it. We are talking about how would a rating system work? Just explicit Just lyrics. Put it there. And then people are like, oh, I'll buy that album. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's got swearing on it. Yep. Before these labels could be put into place, the U.S. Senate agreed to hold a hearing on, quote, porn rock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That just sounds like disco or something. I know, it does. (laughs) Uh, The hearing was held on September 19th, 1985. Mm -hmm. Members of the PMRC, Mm -hmm. Senators... Paula Hawkins, Al Gore, and others testified before the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee on the subject of the content of certain sound recordings and suggestions that recording packages be labeled to provide a warning to prospective purchasers of sexually explicit or other potentially offensive content. Yeah, that sounds riveting. (laughs) And like there isn't anything else that needs doing. Yeah. Uh, there were also three musicians present mm-hmm. to also testify and kind of represent the good guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> you had John Denver. Okay. Frank Zappa. Okay. And Dee Schneider from Twisted Sister, <laughs> the singer. <laughs> kind of a kind of a good cross-section. Worst of the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So supporting witnesses. Yes. Paula Hawkins commented that, quote, much has changed since the days of Elvis, Elvis's seemingly innocent times. Didn't Elvis get a ton of shit for how he danced? Exactly. Okay. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She went on to say that subtlety and innuendo has been replaced by overt expressions and descriptions while showing uh, various album covers and music videos by the likes of Def Leppard, Mm -hmm. Wendy O. Williams, Mm -hmm. Wasp, Van Halen, and Twisted Sister. Okay. Right. Like, talk about having yeah. zero insight and right. perspective of being able to see the bigger picture. Like, things were better when Elvis, like, your parents freaked over yeah. Elvis and his dirty, dirty pelvis, yeah. which they wouldn't show on TV. Exactly. Like, can you not see that? <laughs> this whole thing smacks of, it like... It gets more extreme with every generation. Like, what we're saying, the whole thing smacks of, I saw this video and it appalled me. Yeah. Did you, did you do any more research? No, no. it's awful. I, I didn't it's like enough. Because it I didn't understand it. It's enough. <laughs> I know what I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good thing, good thing that kind of thinking just couldn't really the see 80s. the bigger picture. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, the kids who like heavy metal now will probably hate their kids' music. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Yeah, it's, it's all just full it circle. Exactly. Susan Baker. A PMRC member yep. testified that th- that uh, this music was indeed one of the many causes for the ills in society. Mm-hmm. And Tipper Gore reasserted that record labels should place warning labels uh-huh. on albums. Yeah. And the national PTA vice president for le- legislative activity, yeah. Millie Waterman. Mm-hmm. Nice title, Millie. Sure. I fell asleep reading it. <laughs> uh, she went one further by proposing printing the symbol R on the cover of recordings containing explicit language, violence, profanity, the occult and glorification of drugs and alcohol uh-huh. and providing lyrics for R-rated albums. Again, just you're just printing money just, at that Yeah, point. basically. <laughs> <laughs> for these people bands. lining up to like how do I get how do I get an R rating? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what do I have to yeah, do? Yeah. So what do we say? What do we yeah. say in Give our me music the words. R rating? <laughs> <laughs> It's like Neil Diamond. Um, also, Dr. Joe Stucy, mm-hmm. a music professor at the University of Texas yeah. at San Antonio, yeah. uh, spoke regarding the power of music to influence behavior. Okay. And he argued that heavy metal was different from earlier forms of music, such as jazz and mm-hmm. rock and roll, because it was, quote, church music and, quote, had one of its central elements, the element of hatred. Um, so he's a traitor. like i picture him like dressed nice in a suit but with like round john lennon glasses and a ponytail yeah maybe like chucks instead of nice shoes yeah yeah dicks yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so church music heavy metal church music okay i mean church burning music (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice how's it going i liked it I was, I was grasping before you got there first. You got there first. That's later. I, like I don't it. even get into that. Okay. That's later. That's another one. That's another tragedy. That's another episode. Yeah. <clears throat> so, opposing witnesses. Yes. Frank Zappa, okay. during his statement, asserted that, quote, the PMRC is an ill-conceived piece of nonsense, which fails to deliver any real benefits to children, infringes the civil liberties of people who are not children, mm-hmm. and proposes to keep the courts busy for years dealing with the interpretation and enforcement problems inherent in the proposal's design. 
He went, he also went on to raise suspicions of the whole thing being a distraction from a certain blank tape tax. Apparently back then there was like taxes or, right. or, there, or there was, it existed or would soon exist yeah, for this media that you could copy other media onto. Yeah. They were concerned that everybody would just start copying music instead right. of buying it. So yeah, so he sort of proved himself to be one of the OG conspiracy theorists. It's like, it's all just a smoke screen, man. <laughs> uh, John Denver stated that he was strongly opposed to censorship and raised some fairly evident points, uh, such as uh, the censors often misinterpret content, right, and that censorship itself was counterproductive in that it only serves to make that which is denied become more desired. Yeah, which we've been talking yeah. about all along. Uh, yeah, that's like yeah. just basic math. That's, yeah. <laughs> so you got to think maybe there was some conspiracy that the PMRC was working with the record labels. Like, well, maybe. We got to move some units. Well. I don't think so, but it's just, I think it's just more short-sighted, yeah, silly no, people. Yeah, totally. But, I, and I don't, I, but I can't even, how is that not the first thought? Uh, yeah. Like, like we're, we're going to make this so just like, if they're worried about cults, they're going to start a worldwide cult. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the only movies I wanted to see as a teenager were the ones I wasn't allowed to see. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You want to go see Iron Giant? Eh. <laughs> I want to go see Fight Club. Yeah, real. Exactly. <laughs> What's that fire over there? Chuck some gasoline on it. Yeah, right. Put it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Many members of the PMRC were surprised that John Denver was against them, assuming this wholesome country boy was kind of their ace in the hole. Right, like, right. look, this musician agrees with us. Yeah. Oopsies. <laughs> nope. Finally, uh, D. Schneider, or Snyder, yep. of uh, Twisted Sister, testified against the proposed labels as well. Yeah. Uh, in particular, he defended the Twisted Sister song, Under the Blade. Okay which the PMRC, PMRC interpreted as being about sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. Okay. Snyder claimed he'd written the song about an impending surgery. Right. And that, quote, the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Ms. Gore. Burn! Boom! Ms. Gore was looking for sadomasochism and bondage, and she found it. <laughs> Someone looking for surgical references would have found those as well. Yeah. And final quote from him, the full responsibility for defending my children falls on the shoulders of my wife and I, because there is no one else capable of making those judgments for us. Yep. So I think they're expecting him to be a dumb, like a heavy metal dumb yeah. dumb. And he's, he's a pretty well-spoken guy. So. I don't know where that yeah. image came from. Like, honestly, <laughs> some of the like nicest, smartest people I've ever met are metal musicians. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Ozzy didn't help. But wow. There's always... Okay. You, you know, get those you get, guys. You get bad apples. <laughs> you all, yeah. You also get One your bad apple homicidal church burners. Yeah, but you also get super nice guys. But you always get yeah. Don't focus on the negative. <laughs> <laughs> King Diamond's a really nice guy. Yeah. If you see his interviews, he's like, yes, I'm a Satanist. Tea. Would you like some tea? <laughs> <laughs> the parental advisory explicit content stickers and labels eventually became a thing in uh, November of '85. Okay. Uh, despite this hearing, which was sure a bit of a. Dog and pony show. Mm. Uh, although it wasn't until 1990 that the sort of recognizable parental advisory explicit lyrics, lay, like the one you can sort of right. picture in your mind, came yep. into play. Okay. And eventually it was parental advisory explicit content in 96. Oh, okay. You can kind of see that black and white. Yeah. Like it's like a logo. It's yeah. like a t-shirt almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I. Uh, it's speaking of like the forbidden fruit, like yeah. I distinctly remember like there was that Canadian punk band, the Dayglow Abortions. Yeah. And uh, it was like the talk of the, it's been grade 10 or yep. something. Like my buddies, like there was this band. I went downtown and got the yep. record. I remember the bus ride home, just yep. hadn't heard a note of it. I didn't want it to sound like we just right. had the, the album out. Yeah. Reading the lyrics and like, <laughs> tee and just feeling like, oh, we are bad. Right, right, right. <laughs> Don't right, right. tell my mom that. <laughs> oh, God. And it was just the best feeling. Nice. And it's actually yep. a pretty good, stupid album. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple more uh, court-related, heavy metal-related uh, instances here. Yep. Yep. In 1986, a lawsuit against Ozzy Osbourne mm -hmm. was filed by the parents of John McCollum, mm -hmm. uh, a depressed teenager who committed suicide allegedly after listening to his song Suicide Solution. The plaintiffs, however, failed to prove that Ozzy had any responsibility for the teenager's death. Yeah. Uh, the plaintiff's attorneys alleged that there was a line in the song that stated, why try, get the gun and shoot. Okay. Lyricist Bob Daisley and Ozzy both stated that the line was actually, get the flaps out, which is a... 
Okay. Distinctly British slang okay. for genitalia. Oh. Female genitalia. Yeah, gross. Right. And Ozzy also stated, so they got that wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ozzy also stated the song itself was about the alcohol-related death of ACDC singer Bon Scott in 1980. I see. So suicide solution. Right. Not the answer to a problem. Right. Solution as like in a liquid. liquid. Yeah. Oops. These parents also tried to sue the estate of William Shakespeare for depicting suicide in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I'm sure no. they did. Any other, any other fictional work depicting uh, suicide that they wanted to sue? No? Boy. No? Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, 1990, Judas Priest were involved in a civil action yeah. that alleged they were responsible for the 1985 suicide attempts of 20-year-old James Vance and 18-year-old Ray Belknap mm-hmm. in Reno, Nevada. Okay. On December 23rd, 1985, after becoming intoxicated, Belknap first killed himself with a 12-gauge shotgun. Jeez. Vance attempted to do the same, but only managed to severely disfigure his face. Yeesh. And uh, there's, I found interviews with him on, on YouTube, and yeah. he's severely disfigured. Uh, he died three years later after an overdose of methadone administered by the hospital staff. Yikes. Yeah. That's, okay. uh, I don't know what the details are of that. Yeah, okay. It's kind of weird. That is strange. Vance's parents and their legal team alleged that a subliminal message of do it was, conda- was contained in the Judas Priest song, Better By You, Better Than Me which is what triggered the suicide attempt. Okay. During pretrial, the judge ruled that subliminal messages were incapable of being protected speech under the First Amendment since they were, by definition, not noticeable and thus could not form part of a dialogue. Hmm. Uh, However, the case was dismissed with the finding that any subliminal commands, should they exist, were not responsible for suicides. Right, okay. You can see footage from the trial. Mm -hmm. And they've got Rob Halford, the singer, up on yeah. the stand to get getting him to sing the parts of the song. Okay. And he'll sort of like sing the bit. And he's like, and the, I don't know if it's his own lawyer or right. who, but they're yeah. sort of picking it apart as, you know, yeah. attorneys do. Sure. They just pick up on these yeah. details you would never. Yep. Like when you go, no, is that intentional? Is it just the way I sing it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any subliminal duets <clears throat> in this song? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no real ending to this story. I mean, the satanic panic kind of petered out as things got more extreme. Sure. You know, the eighties, you could hope for maybe one or two F words on an album. Right. On your typical Metallica. I'm like, oh, he said the F word. Yeah. Once, you know, bands like NWA and that kind of thing started happening, it sort of changed the game. Just kind of saturated it. Yeah. (laughs) Can't win them all. Can't win any of them now. And that, <laughs> and uh, and then of course, as we keep mentioning, uh, the black metal thing happening in Norway. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah, you Americans are cute with your yeah <laughs> satanic oh, you're wor- panic. <laughs> you worried? About- I just burned a church down. Yeah. <laughs> and that is amazingly not the worst of what happened yeah, in Norway. Not even close. <laughs> I think it's just a good way to end this by going yeah. back to. Where we started okay. uh, with the, you remember uh, that book, The Satan Seller? I do. By, yes. uh, what's his name there? Mike Warnke. Yeah. Well, in 1991, mm-hmm. Cornerstone Magazine, an evangelical publication, no oh. less, okay. launched an investigation into Warnke's life and testimony and found his book to be a bunch of made up bullshit. I was going to say totally legit. <laughs> okay. That and is, it was all true. That is shocking. Uh, <laughs> so he didn't commune with the devil? I guess not. Wow. I mean, he kind of disappointed. He contends that he did, right? But they just kind of poured through his life, and yeah, you know, at this time he said he he would have had you know five inch fingernails and long hair, but here's a picture of him from that era, and he just looks like a normal guy. So there's a lot of stuff like that. But my favorite detail, which they debunked, yeah, was the fact that he claimed that he'd attended a satanic ritual with Charles Manson. Okay. And they found that to be false, as okay. Manson would have been in a federal prison at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like not only would is that the easiest thing to look yeah, into, right? Yeah, you're full of shit. But yeah. just the fact that he was like, and I was a Satanist, and 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 Charles Manson, yeah. oh my god, he's the guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's like, but it wasn't even in conversation. He wrote a book. <laughs> He would have had months to check the calendar. <laughs> this was back in the 70s. No one checked. There was no internet. 
That's just hilarious. That's yeah. just that's, so we start with Manson, so we end with Manson. Yeah, that's a satanic panic. That is that's awesome. And that's I don't know if it's a disaster, but that's it well, was uh, you know had some disastrous uh, elements. Absolutely. To it. I mean, it's kind of in, in some ways it's an anti-disaster in that it resulted in those awesome labels that tell you what albums to buy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Told you to buy the Daigle abortions. And yeah. Right. Giggle with your friends on the OC Transpo. That was an awesome story. Thank you. And uh, yeah. the song I picked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs. So, well, holy cow, I had my pick of the litter here. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I decided to take a real left turn. Okay. And I went a completely different way. Twisted sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally what it was. Okay. Like, under the blade. No, wait, that's too obvious. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... There's this band called Sabbath Assembly. Okay. They're fairly new. Okay. Like 2000s new. Oh, okay. And they follow the um they they follow the teachings of uh this very specific sect of Christianity called the Final Process. Okay. Which deems and like that could be a whole other podcast. Sure. But it's not really I was looking at it's like not a disaster. It's right. more I mean I'm sure there's podcasts that exist. Yeah. For it, so yeah. seek it out. Yeah, um, but basically, they see God and Satan as equals. Okay, and they want to reunify them. Oh, so it's literally like praise God, yeah. hail Satan, right? In one breath. That's so. I think that kind of that's pretty represents metal. both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The concerns of Tipper Gore yeah. and King Diamond, for yeah. example. So the song is "We Come from the One" okay. from their 2012 album "Ye Are Gods." Okay, and uh, they're a pretty cool band. Now, their last few albums they sound very sort of classic heavy metal, but at this time they were very like this culty, folky, right. weird band. Yeah, it's some creepy stuff, but it's pretty cool. That's awesome. So check it out. That's You're probably sweet. It right now. You probably are, and you probably did. Thanks for joining us for that Tragedy Tuesday. Hope you learned something. I sure did. And that's to listen to more metal. Listen to more metal. It's and, good for you. And burn fewer churches. Don't burn churches. Don't burn that's churches. a dick move. Just metal. Yeah. Just the metal. Black yeah. metal, yes. Church burning, no. No. Don't be a dick. Black metal, yes. Stabbing, no. No. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so if you want to follow us, you can find us on social medias at This Disaster Pod. You can go to our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. We got a sweet new shop up there with some bonus content <clears throat> and everything. And uh, welcome to the month of October. We have some truly devastating disasters coming up for the for this month. So just grab your pumpkin spice latte, grab your PSL, as I like to call them, and uh, and and tuck into some dread because yeah. it's coming your way. Buckle up, courtesy of us. See you next time. Bye bye.